Welcome to The Bee Podcast. The mission of The Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age group to have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey, to listen to stories similar and different than our own, engage in each other's triumphs and failures, hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled, the loss we have endured, the joy we have encountered, and the reason behind the lessons we have learned. Bees symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is The Bee Podcast. Welcome back, friends. I'm your host, Cami Milliken, and today marks the season two premiere of The Bee Podcast, and I cannot wait to dive into the season, especially this week's premiere episode, with you. Now, before we go any further on this episode, please understand that the content in this episode could be triggering for some. Topics covered in this episode include infant loss and death. If these topics prove to be too difficult for you to listen to, please check back in next week to hear another amazing story. Cassie Malone joins us today to share the heartbreaking loss and absolute miracle of their child, Alexander. Always hoping to have a baby, Cassie and her husband experience the gift of pregnancy and the joy and anticipation of bringing a new life into the world. Everything seemed to be going to plan until something happened. Something went horribly wrong, and then something went miraculously right. Please listen to Cassie's unimaginable, heartbreaking, and healing story right here on the Bee Podcast. Hi, Cassie. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am so excited to get into this. We had just talked a little bit before we started recording about how I, for some reason, neither Cassie nor I know what happened, but after, after the incident that we're going to talk about, I met Cassie at, it was in a hospital setting because I know that you're a healthcare worker. And so I don't know what, but we met and this was after, um, after Alexander was born And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I wish people knew about Cassie's story. And, and I think this is a wonderful way to start out the season of the Bee Podcast. And so Cassie, again, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you are. Let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am married to Justin and we have a little boy named Alex who we're going to be talking about. And he is three years old. Um, He'll be four in September. I can't believe it's already flew by already. So, um, and I, I work in the healthcare in a clinic as a phlebotomist in the lab. And I've been doing that for about almost 13 years so far. And that's about it. Do you feel like as a phlebotomist, you are pretty like desensitized to like gushing of blood (laughs) (laughs) or does that still get you? I'm thinking about phlebotomy and like, dang, that's a lot of blood. Maybe not gushing, but that's a weird question. I'm so sorry. That's okay. No, um, I never really experienced a lot of gushing, but, you know, I worked in the ER, or not with the ER, but um, did a lot of ER draws working at the hospital. Um, and so I've seen a lot, and it doesn't really bother me as much, I guess. So For sure. I don't mind it. For sure. <laughs> right. When I think of phlebotomy, I just think of one incident that I had that was very unfortunate. Oh no. <laughs> and I know that you would never treat me that way, Cassie. No, you no. are a professional and a lady. So, all right. So you are married, um, your career. Um, let's talk about how you started your family. How did you meet your now husband? 
we briefly met in college, but we really didn't know each other. Um, he ended up dating one of my friends at the time. And I just remember meeting him briefly. And then we met in 2014 through a mutual friend. I just went through a breakup and he was looking for a serious relationship. And I was kind of like, that's, you know, I'm getting older. That's, I'm wanting to get married and, and have a family and all that. And he, uh, so we started talking and went on a date and it just took off from there. And we started dating officially um, shortly after. And we, let's see here. So 2015 May, he proposed to me. And then, you know, I moved in after six months. I would never, ever do that in my life, but um, we just knew it was right. And so after six months of being together, we, I moved into a house he had already bought Mm -hmm. and uh, we're still here. And um, yeah, so he proposed to me in 2015 and then we got married October 1st of 2016. Wonderful. Yeah. So we moved kind of fast, but not, you know. Right. I think, I feel like fast and speed is relative. The older you get, you're like, it's not that long. I mean, it's it's, it's a decent amount of time for sure. Yeah. So then meeting each other, getting married, then you, what, what did the start, the process of starting a family look like for you? So we, we knew we wanted kids, you know, right away after we got married, um, just because we had the career, you know, we met each other, we had the career, we had the house, our, you know, our life was going good. So we're like, and we want a family. So I didn't really want to get pregnant right away after we got married because we, our honeymoon was coming up and I just wanted to enjoy ourselves and stuff. So we didn't really start planning until about December after we got married. Segway, not segue, but rabbit hole or trail or whatever you want to call it. But where did you go for your honeymoon? Uh, we went to uh, Cayman Islands, Mexico. Oh, so nice. Yeah, it was really nice. We oh, enjoyed it. We'd That's like to awesome. go back here soon, but it ain't going to happen. So <laughs> right. maybe not. Ain't Maybe nobody going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Somewhere nice and warm. So Yeah. Fantastic. Right. I think we all are craving somewhere nice and warm and outside mm-hmm. around people yeah. for sure. Yeah. So then you, you, you know, you had your honeymoon and then what kind of was your timeline? I just told him, I said, I just don't want to be pregnant during our honeymoon. I want to just not worry about all that stuff. And, and so he's like, okay. So it was like December when we actually started planning. I even, um, downloaded an app to follow everything. And let me tell you, it was better once we didn't like follow that app because, um, it was stressful and, and I didn't get pregnant until we found out in April. So it was a little bit of time, but not as long as some people. Um, and I was getting a little frustrated, but so I just said, forget this, let's quit trying. It will happen when it happens. And it did. So I was just stressing myself way too much over that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Sometimes we do kind of, especially when you're trying and you, you know, you're yearning for it so so much. It's it's hard to oh, yeah. It's you know, hard to think about it. And then when those months pass where you're not conceiving and you're like heartbroken every month, and yeah, that can be really difficult and stressful and counterproductive for sure. Right. So then you got pregnant. When did you say? Um, it would have been probably I had to been four weeks long because I was only a day late when I found out. So yeah, probably about four weeks. Yeah, oh, dang, girl. So oh. April 20th, I That's found awesome. out I was pregnant. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. 
So April, you find out you're pregnant and what were, I mean, what were your thoughts when you found out that you were expecting? I was really excited and nervous at the same time. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is the real deal. I'm not even prepared mm-hmm. for the ending of this you know, <laughs> delivery and all that. I'm not prepared for this, but we were very excited. And, and yeah, I just, I, since we found out so early, I had to wait like another uh, few weeks yeah. to get a doctor's appointment to confirm. And then I had to wait to tell my family. It was just a hard secret to keep. Right. That's the worst. It is the worst. It was the worst. So then did you have any symptoms like prior to, or did you just, you were kind of expecting, hoping that that would work? And I just knew I was a day late. I did track that just, you know, and, um, I got sick one time. Other than that, I had no other like morning sickness, nothing like that. I just was, I felt pretty good good the whole well, the whole six months I was pregnant. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So then, um, what were your first signs of pregnancy? Like once your symptoms started, what did it kind of, I mean, did you have like the, I mean, I just remember my boobs hurting all the time. I didn't really have, I don't really remember having like the normal, like this. Yeah. I have, yeah, I think I'm pregnant. You know, my boobs hurt all that. Nothing. I didn't have all that that's good okay so then you just were like one of those like I love being pregnant ladies yeah the thing was um I was actually in the middle of losing weight and I was doing really good I only I didn't lose very much but I was like why did I gain five pounds so quickly I don't quite understand (laughs) right that's why Mm -hmm. yeah wait yeah yep that's the only thing was really like weight gain maybe yeah for sure right which is inevitable for sure. So then, um, do you remember where you were when you found out that you were going to have a baby? I was at work. (laughs) Were you? Yes. I was at work. Did you take the the test in the morning? Yep. Mm -hmm. Sorry. My cat bit my arm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. And then of course I, um, was so excited for the rest of the day and I get it. Okay. So then how did you tell your husband? Um, so I, I actually sent him a picture of it and text him it. I should have called him and told him, but I was just too, I like the picture though. Too I like excited. The and I, yeah. I don't remember what his response was. I think it was like cool or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a guy. Yeah. Like cool. Neato. <laughs> yeah, neato. But I ended up going and buying like a digital just to take another one just to like it is for real and um showed him when I got home so or I did it when I got home and then showed him he was excited he was absolutely yeah that's so wonderful I would have done things differently but I couldn't hold my excitement in so I'm like I get it girl I get it especially with your first you know I know it's like oh my gosh this is so exciting okay so then did you have any like crazy weird cravings or, um, you said that you felt kind of normal, but did you have any interesting cravings at all? Nothing like weird or crazy. I just was, I couldn't get enough, like salty, like meat, taco, John's Olay's. Like I couldn't get enough. And so I just remember saying, Oh, this has to be a boy. This has to be a boy. And uh, I was right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it just had that. I didn't have any weird cravings though, really. I was also a salt person. I just. Yeah, salt and. Taco did you find yourself? Here's salt. what I've noticed about being pregnant with the male persuasion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
have you noticed, did you notice that you were angrier? I was always angry. I, that's how I knew I was having boys because I was angrier when I was pregnant. I think it was the testosterone. Mm, I'm sure my husband would say I was angrier <laughs> and it just continues on, but um, I, I think I was more emotional. Like I just sure, okay. crying all the time and don't touch me and all that stuff. So typical, that's typical. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's, it's a typical, and you know what, such a gift, like all of those things are such a gift and, um, you know, thinking back on it now it's, it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. Okay. So then like shifting gears, Talk about what happened toward the end of your pregnancy. So do you want to start talking about when I actually went? How did you know you were going into labor and what, what, I mean, how did that all start for you, Cassie? So I had a pretty good pregnancy all up until, and like appointments were good and all that. And he was measuring on time and all that stuff. And I just remember being at work and my back was starting to hurt my uh, lower abdomen was kind of had a little bit of pressure. So I thought, um, it didn't hurt too bad. I thought it was just normal pregnancy, you know, symptoms and stuff. So I didn't really acknowledge it until, so that would have been a Friday. And then over the weekend, so it'd have been Saturday, I just started getting a little bit more painful and but I didn't think it was labor. I was too early, you know, how, how many months along were you when you had these symptoms? Um, I was, so I had Alex at 26 weeks, five days. So it was a few days prior. So I was only like 26 weeks pregnant. And so I didn't think anything. I never knew. I never thought of premature babies. Like I I've heard of it, but I just never knew anything about it. So it was probably about Saturday. Me and mom went shopping and stuff for my maternity picture outfits and stuff. And I just told her, I said, I'm just really tired. Can I go home and all that stuff? And she's like, yeah, sure. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. So that Saturday night, it just, it would have been either Saturday night or Sunday. It just kept getting worse. And I remember um, texting my cousin and was like, what do I do? And she's like, I don't know. Like, if you feel like you need to go in, get checked, please go and get checked. And I said, I don't want to do it. I'm stubborn. So I'm like, Oh, I'll just wait it out. So then my husband is on nights and he came home. It'd been Sunday morning and I was just doubled over. And I said, I can't take this pain anymore. And he goes, you didn't tell me it was that bad. And I said, well, I figured I could get through it. So anyways, he ended up going to bed because he had to work that night. And I said, mom will take me up to Pella to get, that's where I was doctoring and, um, to get checked out, make sure things. Okay. Okay. Call me if anything changes. So we get up there and they put me on the monitor. They do all these tests and, um, they did some kind of swab to tell if you're in pre, you know, preterm labor and it came back positive. So, um, I just remember I was so calm. I don't know how I was so calm. I don't think it really clicked for me, but my mom, yeah. my mom is just bawling. And I just, I looked at her and I was like, it's, it's fine. It, it's fine. Everything will be fine. So we ended up calling Justin to come up to Pella. My dad brought him up and they transferred me to Des Moines by ambulance. Um, oh, wow. I wanted to go to um, the university of Iowa, but it was just from Pella. I'm just like, just get me to Des Moines in case I sure. do deliver. I want to be somewhere quick. So that's where I am. So like, d- were you, were you like, do you feel like in your brain you were processing like, okay, uh, this is happening. Not really. Like, did it seem real to you? Or, it yeah. didn't really seem okay. real to me. It was just like, 
well, they'll they'll get the labor to stop. Everything will be fine. Then we'll be on our merry way. That was kind of I I don't think it just registered yet. And yeah. I guess I didn't even realize. You know, I'm three months. He's gonna be really early if he comes now. So, but it didn't really click. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and you hear especially with your first child, you are constantly, you know, looking things up and understanding like what to expect when you're expecting. And then, you know, when you do hear these stories about preterm labor, generally, you know, there's like bed rest and you can stop the labor and you can, you know, prolong the pregnancy as long as Mm -hmm. possible. And so this was not the case for you. Well, they ended up giving me a couple rounds of steroid shots just to develop his lungs or just in case he, I did deliver, then they um, immatured his lungs. Um, so he wouldn't have okay. any issues. I mean, because a lot of preemies, they could have issues with their lungs. Um, right. And they were just worried about getting my labor to stop and all that. And they gave me medicine. I can't tell you what, but just to get my um, labor to stop, um, which they did. And they kept me 24 hours. But I just remember laying there that night and I kept feeling contractions again, but they weren't painful. And I kept telling them, I think I'm having um, contractions and they put me on a monitor and they said, nothing's coming up. So I said, okay, they proceeded to discharge me the next day. So it'd been, uh, that would have been Monday. Oh, wow. So you, oh, wow. So okay. I was there Sunday but to Monday. Still, you're still having pain. Well, not really pain, but just time. like, I can tell my stomach was contracting, if that makes sense. So yeah, the hardening, the hardening. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just like, nope, you're not having contractions. You're fine. So they released me, but (laughs) so they just kept coming. And of course I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do I turn around, go back to Pella, Des Moines? What do I do? And my husband's like, I don't know. What do you want to do? So I said, just go on home. If I have any issues, I'll go back up to Pella. So I just remember we ended up going to a church group that night. And it just, a couple of times I had to grab his leg and was like, it's getting bad. And I just said, let's go home. <laughs> let's just go home and, and go to bed early. So we ended up going to bed and we weren't asleep very long. And then my water broke in bed. At home. Um, it was probably close to midnight. Oh my gosh. And at that point, there's no turning back. Right. Right. So of course my husband gets on the phone and, and is calling Pella, like we're on our way back up Her water broke. And they're just like, you know how far apart your contractions. I couldn't even time them because they were just boom, boom, boom. So all I remember is just grab, you know, grabbing my purse or whatever and getting in the car to head to Pella and my husband's like speeding. But um, at that point, Pella calls me back and was like, no, get to the nearest hospital, which I was like, and then, so like, this is close to midnight. And so we're speeding to Tama Regional. And I felt like I'm, I'm assuming he dropped because I, I felt like I could have gave birth to him in the car. That's just, but I didn't, I couldn't see Mm -hmm. anything. So yeah, we just knew we had to get there quick. (laughs) Yeah. So then you got to a summer regional and then, I mean, what happened after you were admitted? So they, you know, they race me up there and they, you know, they monitor me and all this stuff. It was such a blur and so everybody was racing around that um I don't remember time frame reason but anyways he was born at 136 so you know from midnight to one wow that's oh wow how much yeah. time I had in between um I just remember you know getting IV put in me and um then at one point because he was breached too by the way 
Um, oh my we, we found out in Des Moines that he was still breached, of course. And um, then we uh, were waiting for ultrasound to come up, but I don't even know if they even really got up there. I don't think they did. But my husband kept saying, he's breached, he's breached. Um, so that's when they were going to put me into um, emergency C-section. Yeah. And I didn't make it there. So, oh my gosh. So you delivered breach. Yes. Yep. And oh my gosh, if Cassie. I remember right, I just remember the doctor checking, checking me and I was two centimeters dilated and I started pushing. That's how quick. Oh my goodness gracious. He, yeah. So I don't know all that. I wasn't even fully dilated either. So he was born breach. So then, so it was a really, really quick process for you. You get, you're admitted. And- yes. Very painful <laughs> process. And yeah, the getting admitted and everybody running around and then them saying, we're going to prep you for C-section. It was, I mean, I was just so terrified because, you know, I wasn't mentally prepared one for the delivery second, you know, a C-section too. I'm, I was just not mentally prepared for um, this so soon. Yeah. And right. So soon, right. You know, 26 weeks so soon. So yeah, you would have felt like you had no time to think or process anything. And then you deliver this breach sweet baby and, and, and what? So I'll try not to cry. I'm, I've been getting better at this. Um, so I just remember he was born and they rushed him over the table, but of course they were working on me. You know, my doctor was working on me to make sure I was okay. And it was just such a blur, but I kept asking Justin, what does he look like? You know, all this telling me details and he just was hugging me and he's like, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. So all this time passed and they were actually um, performing CPR on him. And I didn't know this until, um, the doctor actually came over and told us that they were going to give him one more round of epi. And then they, if he doesn't recover from that, then they were going to call it. And of course I was like confused. Like, what do you mean? Call it and all that. And they said that if he doesn't respond to this, then he was gone. So I didn't, I don't even know what through went through my brain at that time. I was just crying and all this stuff. And they actually um, worked on him for like 30, 34 minutes, but it felt like it wasn't that long. You know, it just felt like from when he was born to that, um, how much time has passed. And they're really, I don't think, I don't remember what the time limit is on resuscitating somebody, but they went past that to try to save him. And, and, um, you know, he was only one pound, 14 ounce. So this little baby that they're working on, you know, so then I remember them coming back over and said he, they did, he didn't make it. It was basically fruitless to continue because they couldn't find, and they had several nurses check his pulse and, um, they all said, you know, they couldn't find his pulse. So at that point, you know, I just remember my, everything kind of went dark in my brain. Um, you kind of shut down. I've never went through something like that before. So it was, it's, it was so weird. You know, I just blocked, try to block everything out, but I do remember them bringing him to us to hold him and stuff. And I just remember, I just started kissing him 
his face. And, um, yeah, he wasn't, he was, he was gone. So you just know that his soul was gone. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And so, you know, we're, we're holding him and I don't know how much time passed, but they, uh, they ended up letting me, um, letting us, but Justin didn't feel comfortable doing it to bathe him. Um, usually they don't do let you do that, but, um, they let me bathe him and, um, dress him. And then they did his finger, you know, his handprints, footprints, all that stuff. And I kind of remember some of that. I remember bathing him, but it was just like tunnel vision. I just kind of blocked everything out and kind of like a zombie state. Right. I mean, because it's gotta be some version of shock Yeah. as a mother, it's gotta be some version of shock. I just like, my heart was just ripped away and I didn't know. And I even asked my mom later on, I was like, did I even cry? And she goes, yeah, you cried. But I just felt like my emotions, everything shut down, you know? And I, I felt so bad because like my husband was very upset, but I couldn't really comfort him, you know, cause I was trying to, and he couldn't comfort me. He was just so upset. And yeah. so I just, I, you know, we made several phone calls to family members and um, like his sister, my brother, my grandparents, you know, his parents were on their way and they didn't make it to see my parents were there because they allowed them in. It's just, it was hard phone calls for my parents to have to make. And um, I just remember like my best friend came out and at that time, you know, before COVID, everybody could come out. Right. And my aunt came out. And so prior to everybody getting there and like saying their goodbyes, my dad did get a video of me dressing Alex. And I don't remember this at all, but he was making like these noises and um, like his, Alex was. Yeah, his chest, yes, his chest was moving and all that. And my mom was just like in shock, you know, she didn't want to bother me. She didn't want to ask me if I could see that because I'm just continuing dressing him. And she goes, I don't know. This isn't right. This isn't right. He's moving like he's making noises. So my mom ended up going like begging for somebody to come in and check him out. So um, after that, like he kind of, his noises weren't as loud. I guess they were kind of little squeaky noises. And um, like my brother would hold him. Everybody was holding him. And then a nurse came in and was like, how long has he been doing this? And my mom was like a while. And so like, I just remember him scooping Alex up and like had the smile on his face and he goes, I'll be right back. And he like took off down the hall to the nursery with Alex. And I was just like, what's going on? What's going on? You know? And I don't know how long they were gone for, but they came back and the doctor was like, he's alive. He has a heartbeat. And I just remember everybody cheering and it was like a movie. It was, I'm like this, I was just in such shock. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what are you saying? That he was alive. And, you know, all this passed like an hour and a half. Hour and a half after they told he died. Oh my gosh. That's and incredible. I just, like I said, all that time just was a blur. But about an hour and a half had passed, I believe, that from time of death to them saying he had a heartbeat. So, and everybody was just in shock and, and disbelief how 
how this could happen. This don't happen in real life. No. I mean, you're preparing to essentially bury your baby and then mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're given this hope and it did it feel like a trick? Did it at all? Like did it feel well, like I, I mean, just, you didn't have any time, Cassie, from like 12 a.m. to like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. What in the world? I mean, how that's I, I am completely speechless and goosebump ridden. I mean, it, we didn't have time to process like anything. It was just like, it was just like, no, you know, we lost our son. What are we going to do next? You know, we didn't know what we were going to do next. We had just put the crib up. We just, you know, I was like thinking, I don't have time or to think about packing his stuff away or getting rid of it. I don't. And so then when that doctor came back and told us the good news, I was just like, oh my praise the Lord. If, you know, I believe in God and all that stuff, but I believe like he made my faith stronger that day. And I think he, I don't want to try to get religious on here, you know, but you absolutely can. You absolutely can. I feel like he was there with us that day. There was just like a shield over us, I believe. And I don't know why he went through that trauma to turn around and he's just so happy running around healthy smart three-year-old I just can't believe it right it is it is a straight-up miracle it is I mean it is undoubtedly a miracle I believe in miracles for sure (laughs) and he is one absolutely it does it sounds like something from a movie it sounds like a absolutely heartbreaking movie that has so much hope. So then, oh my gosh. Okay. So Cassie, he is take, I mean, you, you get this news and then what happens? Um, so they wouldn't let me, I wanted to get up out of bed. I felt good. Like after having a baby, I felt good. I was like, I want to go down there. And they told me I couldn't at that time, um, until they could, cause you know, they had to bring people up for blood work, x-rays, call the helicopter, that kind of stuff to get them stable to go. So eventually I got, they wheeled me down there to see him. Um, And he, he was in a little sandwich bag to keep him warm. That's how small he was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was like in a sandwich bag. They cut the top off and they put his head through it, you know? And so it was keeping his body warm because, you know, they're not really equipped for that early of the babies and stuff. So, um, so I got to see him in there for a little bit, but I, um, I wanted to touch him, but they're like, no, you can't touch him. Um, Even though you just were kissing him. And you know what? What a gift. What, I mean, thinking back on it, like you were able to, like right when he was born, although it was heartbreaking, you still, Mm -hmm. but isn't that crazy how things Mm -hmm. like switch? Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, that's okay. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't get off track here. Oh, you're great. This Um, is great. No, but I didn't understand why I couldn't caress his hand or his feet, but they did explain to me, you know, we can't stimulate him. Um, too oh, much because sure. his brain and stuff like that. And so then I was like, oh, okay, but it was just so hard. Um, so then I ended up having to go back to my room so they can finish like doing x-rays and stuff like that. And Cammy, I got his records back later on and his lab work was critical. Like it was just, how is he alive? Like for real, like how is this even they, I think they tried to intubate him a couple times. They couldn't get him intubated. So he left with cannula oxygen. So, um, 
like like just like the cannula under your nose under your nose yeah so he left with that so when later on down the road when I was in the NICU talking to the nurses they're like I can't believe he wasn't like he was just on cannula and he wasn't on like but doesn't that make you wonder what his purpose is yes I don't know what like what is he like I mean he's bound to do wonderful things oh I hope so there's a, there's a reason so. there's a reason that he is here and there's a reason that you went through that experience mm-hmm. of of lose because you lost him mm-hmm. I mean they called time of death mm-hmm. you lost him and then you were able to and you're you didn't lose the ability to be a you know, a mother to him. Mm-hmm. It was, that really makes me wonder what, what purpose, what plans does God have for him? You know? Well, and there's sometimes I'm like, why did we have to go through this? I've never done anything in my life to deserve this. But then I'm like, there, it made us stronger as I'm hoping, you know, our marriage, you know, is a little rocky sometimes, but that comes with parenting and, and raising everyone's and is. And oh my gosh, for real, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is not be married, but parent with my parent. husband. It's yes. it's, it's really not the marriage difficult. part, it's the parenting. <laughs> and we still argue here and there, but you know, mm-hmm. I think I'm hoping it made us stronger. And I always like, why us? Why did we get this card dealt? And then another thing that I've been having troubles with three years later is like, I've never really talked to any therapist or anything, except for like, when I was in the NICU, I talked to a counselor a few times. And every time she came in, I was like, I'm great. I'm great. And I wasn't lying. Like I had a great day with him and, and stuff. But now that I'm out, I see him running around and I'm so thankful for him. And, but I still went through that grief of losing him, if that makes sense. And, but it's like, I can't talk to parents that have lost a child because they, their child's gone. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, no, it's a really, yeah. it's, it's like you're stuck, you know, rocking a hard place. It's like, you want to talk to these grieving mothers, but then again, they're going to turn around and say, well, you have your child. I get that. But I still went through the motions. I had my heart ripped out, you know? Yeah. Yes, you did. So it, it's, you know, there's sometimes it's like, I don't know who to really talk to. So that's why I kind of talk about it to other people. That's like my therapy. So yeah. I'm like, if you get bored with my story, I'm sorry, but I'm going to talk about it till a day. Well, I mean, what a huge part of who you are. I mean, oh, you definitely. know, people talk about how, how, you know, you identify yourself as a mother or you identify yourself as you, whatever your career is. You identify yourself as a wife. Um, right. But to have something that substantial happen in your life. I don't think anyone, no matter what trauma they are experiencing or have carried, that is a, that is a part of, that is a huge part of your life. It may not define who you are, but it is a giant part of the person that you, you know, have become, you know, like your, your Mm -hmm. life experience Mm -hmm. and it shapes you. Um, and so that's, I mean, so how has, speaking of shaping you, I'm actually starting a unit with my eighth graders on how it's called a moral compass and how our experiences define us. us. So like, how would you, how would you, you know, kind of, I mean, how has this experience shaped you? Well, I think it's shaped me to like strive to be a better mom or the best mom I can be for him. You know, um, I knew I would always be a you know, a good mom, but I'm, I strive to be better for him and try to make, you know, um, be his voice 
and I have been his voice since day one. And, um, yeah, I just try to be his voice right now. Right. Do you feel that makes sense? No, no, I, I totally know what you mean. And especially because he is so young yet. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. um, like he has no clue, like what he went through. Right. Isn't that yeah. incredible? You're like, this is holy cow. <laughs> he has no idea because he is, I mean, and that's, that is another miracle in itself. Not only did he survive after, you know, an hour and a half of being alive, but, mm-hmm. but like, you know, and, but then to also be a healthy, functioning, intelligent child, another reason why I totally believe that mm-hmm. God is real and active in our lives because he has, he has a purpose for Alex mm-hmm. and he has a purpose for you, Cassie, as a mother. And, um, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like, I mean, talking about, you know, being the best mom that you can be, do you ever feel, especially because I know mom guilt is a real thing. Do you ever feel especially guilty? Um, do you like, can you talk about that? Sometimes I feel um, guilty, like in the beginning when he was kind of delayed on some things um, and he wasn't caught up to other kids' age or his weight, or I always kind of blame myself for not being, um, be able to carry him full term, but, you know, cause my body just wouldn't um, allow that, but I, I, I can't get down on myself because it happens and he's he's okay now. Like he got over that. He, he graduated from AEA program, which helps they come into our house and, you know, help with his development. And, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying because although it's not true, those lies that you're like hearing, you know, the mom guild that we, we, we take on, it's not, none of that is true. It's just how our feeling of inadequacy. Um, and it totally isn't your fault, Cassie. And I, I think, I hope that you know that Um, because what I mean, if that's your fault, then the miracle of him living is also your fault. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, so wow. Yeah. And sometimes I just get so impatient with them and I just need to like, and I might get angry, like, okay, (laughs) you know, you need to do this. Why aren't you listening to me? But then I'm like, that's a typical kid. They don't listen. (laughs) So, but I'm like my patience, I got to be patient with them. Yeah. I, I know. Well, that's, that's a real, that's, that's yeah, uh-huh. that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Um, so then what, I mean, have you, have you sat and thought about the absolute miracle of like who he is? Do you ever just like sit and cry and are so thankful? Because I feel like you probably do. Yes. Every day. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, the thing is, um, I don't have a lot of, um, you know, cause some people that goes through like a lot of trauma in their life, they have like nightmares and all that. I don't, I've never, I've had maybe a couple nightmares, but it's more of reliving it. Not really. Um, yeah. I just, I relive that day too many times that I want to. And, um, eventually I think it'll, it'll fade. Um, but you know, I think about them every day, like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be biased, you know, but my God, I can't believe you just did that. Like, I'm just, my mind is blown that you just did that puzzle. Like he loves puzzles and it kind of advanced for his age too. So I'm just like, 
everything he does i'll just sit here and watch him and he's just so smart and I'm like i'm not trying yeah. to be biased but my kid's pretty smart <laughs> yeah i mean what a gift you have what an absolute gift in so many ways because you know i i always like try to you know puzzles reading all that stuff that you normally do um because they they told me like he could have brain damage due to lack of oxygen. He could yeah, have right. um, possible cerebral palsy, that kind of stuff. Um, he could have a lot of major issues. So, I mean, at that time, my, I was like, oh my gosh, my kid is going to have. Yeah, right. You know, he's, he's going to be fearful of those things. Yeah, very fearful. So when I see that he has no signs of anything like that, I just feel at peace with it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what an incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I just keep, I, I keep repeating the word gift, but I think, I mean, babies are a gift in general, but what you have been given is so, oh, yeah. so you are so fortunate. And I'm, I'm so happy that things ended the way that they did for your family. What do you think you've learned about yourself through this process? <laughs> about myself, that I am a strong person. I never thought I was a strong person. And um, even like my mom said, you know, you're pretty strong. You would, you know. I would have probably just crippled up and died, you know, um, but I held on and made it through. And I think I'm yeah. a strong person now. And I never thought I had that much well, strength, I should say, in my I entire mean, life. Your, your ability to, to, you know, take in that information and then mm-hmm. within such a short amount of time, take in that information and, you know, kind of, compose yourself enough to, you know, bathe your baby and clothe him and go through this process of beginning to say goodbye. And then all of a sudden the switch is flipped and, you know, then going through the NICU and graduating from that and then bringing him home Mm -hmm. and, you know, developing this life that, you know, the night of his birth, you didn't think that you would ever experience. Cassie, you are... Mm -hmm you are, you are, you are strong. That is, that is a huge, I I mean, I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine what you went through and all you had to experience in such a short amount of time. It's incredible to me. And although it is awful, like I'm noticing with a lot of these, you know, stories, a lot of these stories are just terrible, Mm -hmm. awful experiences, but what a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know this about yourself now. And, you know, I, I feel like society puts all of these, like, like what strong is and what, you know, you know, strong and beautiful and capable, like, I feel like society is full of shit. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I mean, to put it bluntly, it's, they're full of it. And so I hear stories like yours and, you know, other women who have, have expressed all of their absolute heartache. And, um, I am so inspired by you and your strength as a mother. And I look up to you as a mother. Um, and so I'm just in awe of you, Cassie, and I'm so thankful that things ended up this way for you. Me too. Thank you. I'm absolutely very blessed. I, you know, I'm, I just feel so bad for, you know, the parents that do lose a child and they don't get that opportunity. So that really kind of tugs at my heart a little bit, but also I got to take it I got to take it as a blessing. There was a reason for it for me. So, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So Cassie, what would your best advice or encouragement be to women who have been kind of given 
like a gift or a second chance at something that they've, you know, longed for? Like what, what would your encouragement be to other women who are in the pursuit of, you know, second beginnings or, or new, new starts? Um, don't take it for granted. Definitely. Like, um, and you got to take it day by day, like things I'm terrible at this with advice, but, um, I just, you know, embrace it and don't take things for granted and look at the bigger picture. I don't know what else to say about that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And I think you're better at giving advice than you think you are. (laughs) Give yourself some credit, girlfriend. You have gone through quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And I think just listening to your story is going to, um, is really going to provide lots of people with hope. Wow. I'm just, I'm so thankful for a chance to sit down and talk with you about this. And thank you so much for agreeing to share your story because it is Mm -hmm. so incredible. I just, I say the word incredible when I listen to my podcast, I'm like, I say that word all the time, but I, but I, 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 it's true. It's true. It's absolutely incredible. So Cassie, thank you so much. That's incredible. (laughs) I appreciate, thank you for asking me when you asked me, I was like, Oh, I'm excited and nervous and all that. And I just hope I, you know, a lot of people come up to me and they're like, Oh, you know, they hear Alex's story, but all they hear was he was a preemie. He was in the NICU. I said, Oh no, it goes more than that. And then when they hear the story, they're just same thing. They're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And I said, there's more to that story than just right sitting, you know, right. And the NICU is a totally different experience. Like I met a lot of amazing people in there and the doctors are amazing. And we spent a long yeah. time in there, but we've been out three years now. Yeah. Yeah. And three think years about- now. And it just flew by. So for sure. I mean, I would never want to revisit that again, but so quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of up and downs and the uncertainty of, um, you know, they were still trying to, Alex was still fighting for his life, even though he was doing well in there. Um, but you just, each day you don't know. And especially when you get a phone call in the middle of the night, um, that only happened one time. It freaked me out. Cause they say they only call if there's something major issue, um, with them. But, um, we got one phone call and I think he had, he had blood transfusion. That was about it. And still it freaked us out. I mean, for sure. That's terrifying. Uh, I mean, I was, I, my heart dropped, but anyways, that's like a different story. Long story about the NICU. We need to have another conversation about the NICU. Um, Whenever. Yeah. Whenever you want. Girlfriend, we will, we will, I'm going to have you back and we're going to definitely have a conversation about the NICU because I know every story is different and unique and um, mm-hmm. yes, and can provide some, some serious encouragement for other parents because there are so many mm-hmm. babies that are admitted to the NICU every day. So yes, it is. It's more um, common than you think. Yeah. It's amazing how I'm in a NICU group and it's just amazing how many moms are on there. I just had my baby, just had my baby, different weeks, different um, health issues. It's just everybody's story is different. Well, and the support, I'm so thankful. I mean, at the same time, I like curse modern technology, but at the same time, I'm so yeah. thankful for it because it does provide yeah. support for women. I mean, it was support in, in every sense and form, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cassie, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes. I'm. We need to have another conversation about your NICU stay because it is, again, unique and special and terrifying and exhilarating and all of the things. So yeah, 
I am so thankful for your for your time and thank you for coming on and agreeing to share your story because it is it is I have never heard anything like it and I knew that other women needed to hear this because I mean with a story this incredible it has to be shared so again thank you Cassie so much no thank you Cammy. I appreciate it Cassie Malone friends this is her story on her sweet baby Alex who was announced dead at birth yet somehow is three years old and is thriving. So guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the B podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the B podcast. Make certain to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Screenshot this episode and share to your social media to bring awareness to this project. Share and join our community on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time for more inspiring stories told by real women. Wishing you peace and love. I'm Cami Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.